Welcome to the Funeral Facts Podcast. Our goal is to lift the veil of mystery from funeral customs and traditions for our listeners around the globe. I'm your host, Jeff Casper. Before we get started with today's program, I wanted to welcome our new subscribers in 17 countries around the globe, including the United States, Japan, Germany, Canada, Cyprus, Australia, Slovakia, the United Kingdom, Colombia, France, the Netherlands, Ecuador, Spain, Singapore, Sweden, Taiwan, and Peru. That's quite a list. And if you're a new listener, welcome. In less than two months of broadcasting, we've uh, got over a thousand subscribers worldwide. And you can help us find even more people by subscribing and more importantly, leaving us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcast, the Google Play Music Store, or TuneIn app. You can subscribe with just a click via our website, funeralfact.com. Today we're going to be exploring Lutheran funeral customs and beliefs. Joining us today is Pastor Dan Storvik, who is the Pastor Emeritus of the American Lutheran Church in Prescott, Arizona in the United States. He's a native of Chicago, Illinois. He attended the California Lutheran University in Southern California and went on to attend the Lutheran Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. And he received his doctorate from Fuller Seminary in Southern California. He served churches in Southern California and Arizona. He's active on the boards of several medical centers and charitable foundations, and he is a member of Rotary International, which is where we actually cross paths. Welcome, Dan. How are you today? I'm very good. Happy to be talking with you, Jeff. Well, I, I'm glad that we were able to get together. And, and um, now, in, in looking at your um, CV, uh, you have a lot of education. You went to a, a Lutheran University, uh, but you didn't study the ministry there. Uh, I'm just curious, how did you get on the path to uh, becoming a pastor of a Lutheran church? I'll give you the short version. My dad was a Lutheran pastor, and my mom was a praying woman, and she prayed me into the ministry. As a kid, (laughs) I was determined not to become a pastor, and the irony for this broadcast is one of the careers I thought of was being a funeral director. Interesting. um, Yeah, our Lord had other plans, and uh, when I was in college, um, I call this carnal evangelism. I was smitten with a young woman who uh, said she wanted to marry a pastor, and I said, I hear the Lord calling. (laughs) (laughs) I did not happen to marry that woman. I married another wonderful woman, my wife Louise, whom you know, and um, we've been married now for 48 years, so it's been a wonderful run. But it was in college that I thought about becoming a pastor, and uh, the rest is history. Well, like I said, it's always interesting to see the different turns that uh, uh, life takes to put us on uh, a specific path or, or not. Um, my life is a my life is living proof that God has a sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> I think many of our lives are. Um, now, I'm curious what what are the beliefs of the Lutheran faith uh, as far as on death. Well, we, um, the Lutheran Church is two things. It is what we call a confessional church, which means simply that 500 years ago in October, Martin Luther, the man after whom our faith family is named, uh, said we need to write down what we believe. Uh, This is, of course, funeral fact, not Reformation history, so I won't go 
deeply into that, but it is it's important that you know what you believe. And the second thing is, as Luther said, unless I can be proved otherwise, here I stand. And where he stood was on the Holy Bible, Old and New Testament, God's Word. And that was the root of what we call the Protestant Reformation 500 years ago. And we've been there ever since. We believe that there is a God who represents or shows himself, reveals himself to us as Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Um, And those are all biblical teachings, doctrines. And as we think about death, we say, well, what does the Bible say? And we go from there. Yes, that would bring me to the next question, which is, what does the Bible say about death? Uh, is it the end? I mean, is it over? Or I know that we've, we've spoken with uh, both Buddhist and uh, Shinto priests who uh, talk about uh, reincarnation and, and going uh, through it again. Uh, what, what does uh, the Lutheran faith think about that? Just with all due respect to those faith families, again, we go to the Word, and in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 9, um, the author says, just as people are destined to die once, so we do not embrace the doctrine or the teaching of reincarnation. When I die, I go home to the Lord. And a, a favorite of Scripture passage of all Christians is from John chapter 3, verse 16, and there it says, for God so loved the world, which a lot of people stumble on that. They can't believe how God loved the world. But anyway, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not die but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that's the one of the couple of the sweetest promises there are. And sadly, many people get that wrong. They think of God as an angry God, and uh, that just that just ain't so. It says, "For God so loved the world." And somehow, in in that stewardship and that equation, Jesus opened the door to heaven. So we will die. We will cease to metabolize, but we are somehow also by some great miracle at home with our creator. Okay. Um, now are there any, uh, special preparations or timeline, you know, if you have someone that is, is dying, um, or after they've passed, you need to have the funeral in a, or, you know, uh, some sort of a ceremony, uh, within X amount of days, or is that just depending on, on what the needs of the family are? It's more depending on what the needs of the family are, and and there are things that people of many faiths, and and I must hasten to add when we say Lutheran, we are part of the Protestant tradition, which embraces almost all faiths that call themselves Christian. There are a couple of exceptions, but and we still consider ourselves brothers and sisters of those in the Roman Catholic Church, but. Anything that is more Lutheran, I would say less about that than Christians in general. And there are things that that believers do, and one of them, as they used to say before the guy got hung, get right with God. But we all do that, and we do it on a regular basis. When someone is nearing death, if we're blessed to know that that is coming, 
in other words, not a sudden traumatic death. Um, we we think about eternal things, and we refresh our minds and our hearts and our souls with God's promises. He who lives and believes in me will never die, and even though he die, he will live. And Jesus says, I'm going home to prepare a place for you. So it is <clears throat> it is refreshing and encouraging ourselves with those promises. When a person is near death, it can be uh, alone, which is not a happy thing. But if there are other believers around them, we pray prayers, we read the scriptures, we may even sing to them. I sang to my mother-in-law when she was dying, and she told me to quit. <laughs> <laughs> she waved me off <laughs> but uh, there, there is in, in the Catholic Church they call it last rites and in our faith family we call it commendation of the dying and there are some very lovely scripture promises and blessings and prayers that are said and then when the person passes um, there are a few more prayers that are offered and then you call the cemetery is called the mortuary. Mm -hmm. Now, um, after the person passes away, you would have a funeral. Um, what are some of the elements that make up a Lutheran funeral? The funeral consists in, again, in most Christian faith families of uh, prayers, scripture readings, very often a meditation. Sometimes someone will be given the privilege of speaking for the family, which can be very, very touching, uh, also known as a eulogy. Um, and often we sing hymns of the faith. In my experience, if I was conducting a funeral for a believer, we always sang some favorite hymns, and the family or even the deceased may have previously requested certain hymns. Uh, if it was a funeral for either someone not familiar with the Christian faith and we were asked to do a funeral for them, we may not sing them. Or if there were a lot of folks who uh, are not part of the faith family, then we diminish the number of hymns that we might sing or don't sing any just because it's uncomfortable for them and uh, they don't know um, what to do during that time. So they'll stand politely. I've, I've got a very close friend who's Jewish, and he and I have attended funerals together in both my congregation in the Lutheran Church and in a Roman Catholic Church. And when we sing, he stands respectfully. And, and that, I guess, is a polite way to behave when you don't know exactly what's happening. In our church, we try to make it clear to the funeral goers what is going to happen next and, and what we're going to do and uh, try to make it welcoming for them as opposed to a, how quick can I get out of here kind of a thing. We want it to be hopeful and comforting for them. Well, because, you know, it, it's... I, there's a lot of stuff going on at, at a funeral service, and if you're not familiar, you know, it's it's good to know what to do in in, in those circumstances when when uh, things come up. Um, now, does the uh, Lutheran ceremony does it involve a lot of uh, incense, or uh, I know the Catholics have have incense and other other elements that they use. Do you have uh, similar um, implements? Mm. 
Not typically. There are some parts of the Lutheran Church, we call it Lutheran High Church, uh, which you would find more on the east coast of the United States. There may be instances where they would burn incense. Uh, I've never been a part of that. Uh, There are churches where they offer Holy Communion at the funeral, uh, and again, like the Roman Catholics, they may give an invitation to remain in your seat or to come forward with your arms folded. And in most, however, in most Lutheran churches where a Holy Communion is offered, there is not a um, requirement except that those who come forward for Holy Communion do so believing in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and believing that he meets them in the bread and the wine in a real and personal way. Now, have after that long sentence, I've never done Holy Communion at a funeral. Just don't okay. do it. So. And, and most of the funerals that I've been to, at least in the Lutheran Church, we do not. Um, in Roman Catholic Church, every funeral mass has Holy yes. Communion. Pastor Dan, we are up against a break, uh, but we'll continue our discussioners. Uh, listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Don't forget to visit our website, funeralfact.com, where you can subscribe with just one click in iTunes, Google Play Music, or the TuneIn app. You'll also be able to find out more information on how to contact our guests and see what's in store. We'll be right back. Senior Helpers provides essential information, in-home care, and support for seniors living with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, and other disabling diseases. We spoke with renowned occupational therapist, Tipa Snow, about some of the myths surrounding Alzheimer's disease. Some of the myths about dementia and Alzheimer's is that people aren't trying and that maybe we should push them harder. There's a point at which the brain is dying, and so people are doing the best they can in that moment. What we could do is change how we go about it. Another myth is that it's all genetic. Not necessarily, lifestyle matters. How we live our life makes a difference. We also know that not everybody will get it. It's not something that for sure, as you age, you will develop. For more information on Senior Helpers, please visit us online at seniorhelpers.com. Senior Helpers is a member of the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. We are this close. We're this close. We are this close. Of our one to making history. This close to changing the world. We are this close. This close to making sure no child suffers a crippling disease ever again. This close. We are this close to ending polio. To ending polio. All we need is you. Is you. This close. If we donate now, we may lose this chance forever. Help Rotary make history at endpolionow.org. Moore's Mission Funeral Home asks, how do you want to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as somebody who treated people with love and respect. I'd like to be remembered as someone who brought happiness to others. I'd like to be remembered as someone who made other people feel important. I want to be remembered as the sunshine gal, who was a compassionate listener with unconditional love. I would like to be remembered as a loving husband and father. I'd like to be remembered as the one that was fun and loving. How would you like to be remembered? And who will tell your story? Start to tell your unique personal story by calling Moore's Mission Funeral Home in Concord at 925-682-1100. 
It's your story to tell. What will be said about you? Call Moore's Mission Funeral Home at 925-682-1100. Let us help tell your story. Licensed California Funeral Home, CAFD-873. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. that it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will have tomorrow, but what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait, communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. We're back. Uh, let's continue our conversation with Pastor Dan. Uh, he is the uh, pastor emeritus of the American Lutheran Church in Prescott, Arizona. Um, and we're talking today about Lutheran funeral customs and traditions. And when we uh, left off just before the break, we were uh, talking about actually the specific elements of the uh, funeral service. Um which which really kind of leads me to the next question. Uh, is there a place that, that the funeral must be conducted at, for instance, in a sanctuary, or can it be done at a funeral home or graveside is maybe appropriate? Tradition and preferred practice is in the sanctuary, in the, in the church. Um, and, however... It can be done anywhere. I've conducted funerals out in the forest. I have done them at the graveside, at the mortuary. There are no hard and fast rules for that. It's what happens to work out best for the family and, and all those, and the church and all those involved. I would imagine probably, depending on what the scheduling is and whatnot, uh, would also perhaps um, um, dictate that as well. Um, I was uh, kind of curious, uh, again, before the break, we had been um, uh, talking a, a great deal about uh, the different elements that, that go into that and what to do if, if something comes up. Now, you had mentioned that uh, uh, you haven't uh, and don't traditionally do uh, uh, Holy Communion or Communion um, uh, as part of the, the funeral service. And and what I was was wanted to expand on a little bit you had mentioned there's a lot of songs and and if someone is is at a a a service such as that uh do they generally print the words in the program or or you know so that if someone wanted to they could follow along they might not be you know have a have a particular faith may consider themselves a christian uh but you know is is that something that's appropriate we typically have hymns that come, hymns and songs that come from our service book and hymnal, our book of worship and so on. And so what we do, I do, is if we're going to sing a song, I direct the people to where that song is located in the hymnal that is before them in each pew, in the pew rack. Okay. So we try to make it easy for them to find their way through the service. I, I've been to services not as a um, presider, but as a, a mourner, and it was very frustrating to not know what I was doing or who what came next. And 
other people around me responded, and I'm going, what's happening? So we try to make make it more welcoming and obvious what we're going to do and where there are places where something that we're going to do is not in our hymn book, uh, we will print it in an order of service. For example, uh, one of my favorite practices as I read scriptures, and typically there are two or three scriptures read, I will print out the 23rd Psalm because if people know scriptures and only a little, the chances are pretty good that they know that, but they may not remember the exact words. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'll have that printed out. And if it's a song that, or some other thing that is not evident to the worshiper, to the mourner, we'll print those and, and publish them in a memorial brochure. Um, another piece that is a part of the service, if I can hasten to add, at the service, at, at the funeral service proper, <clears throat> excuse me, there is something at the end of the service called the commendation. And my successor at my church, after I retired, adopted the lovely practice of printing that in the bulletin and inviting the congregation to read it aloud with them. Do I have time to read that? It's five sentences. Oh, sure, please. Into your here, here's what we say at the end of the service. We have heard the scriptures, had a meditation, uh, maybe one or two hymns or a solo, and then we conclude the service in the sanctuary with "Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant John Smith. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock." a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive him into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light. And that's a lovely way of having closure and involving the congregation. Oh, I, I, I agree. And that's a beautiful, beautiful piece as well. Um, and I think having everybody participate, um, again, gives them probably personally some closure as well, I would think. Well, yeah, otherwise it's just a talking head up in front. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, no, and, and um, it's, it's, it is important to be able to engage yourself uh, in, as part of the grieving process and, mm-hmm. and letting mm-hmm. that person go on uh, to the next. I, I'm curious, uh, are there any um, guidelines as far as uh, burial versus cremation uh, in the Lutheran uh, church or it, whatever uh, works for the individual? What you see happening in the general public is we do all of that. There are services where we have an embalmed, casketed body, the, the, uh, the deceased, in the sanctuary, and it's a full formal funeral with a procession taking the casketed remains in and the... Um, then at the conclusion, the casket is taken out, and there's a funeral procession to a cemetery and a graveside service, which I can tell you about that uh, as well. And then there are those where there has been cremation, and the cremated remains, also known as cremains, are present on a pedestal very often with a um, photograph of the deceased there. And then there are those where there is nothing present. I conducted a service a week ago where it was graveside only. There was a casket 
but graveside only. So it, it depends on what people want and what is cost effective for them and what, what gives them uh, peace, closure, and hope. Now, you had, had mentioned uh, the graveside. How is that different than, uh, for instance, a, a funeral in, in the uh, church? Well, the funeral is what I've mentioned, uh, all of those elements. The graveside service is the final committal uh, or interment of the remains, whether they be a, a, a casketed remains or cremains, and that takes place typically at the place of final rest. And it's a very brief service, under 10 minutes, maybe eight, five or eight minutes, where we read a prayer and we read more scripture, and then we have what is called the commendation, which says simply, um, in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, we commend to Almighty God our brother John Smith, and we commit his body, his remains, to their final resting place, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And then a final prayer and a final blessing. And that's it. Okay. And that can be done graveside or at a what's called a columbarium. I don't know if your listeners have heard that term. Columbarium is typically a place where um, that is provided for above-ground disposition of cremated remains. We actually have a columbarium at our church, and yes, my wife and I have purchased a niche there. So when we pass on, we will be laid to rest our cremated remains at our church where I live now and where I served for 24 years. Well, that's, uh, you know, planning is a good thing, and that's that's something that we certainly advocate here uh, on the Funeral Fact podcast, and I think that, that it is. It's wonderful that you already uh, planned that and made those arrangements because, of course, um, real estate is all about location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the sooner you get in, the, the better off you'll be, I, I would think. Um, you know, we have about two, 25 seconds left together. Um, what, uh, any other uh, thoughts that you want to uh, uh, toss out to our listeners before we uh, wrap up today's discussion? Well, just it's been an honor to talk with you, and I hope uh, what I've shared with you is helpful. Um, I have other, when we go off air, I have other suggestions for you that you might consider for a future podcast, but we'll talk about that later. Um, And just thanks for the opportunity. Well, excellent. And I appreciate you giving uh, us of your time today. Uh, Well, we've come to the conclusion of yet another episode of the Funeral Fact Podcast. Again, I want to thank you, Pastor Dan, for taking time out of your day to educate us about Lutheran funeral customs and traditions. Uh, You can find a link to all of our guest website at funeralfact.com. And I want to thank you, our listeners from around the globe, as we continue to grow in iTunes, Apple Podcast, the Google Play Music Store, and the TuneIn app. 
subscribe now and you won't miss an episode that's one guarantee we have for you and of course uh, we really appreciate it if you will leave us your feedback as well as reviews on itunes it, it does help us uh, bump up in the ratings uh, thanks also to this episode sponsors senior helpers and polionow.org moore's mission funeral home and ready.gov until next time this is jeff casper wishing you great days and good luck Proceeding broadcast is copyright 2017 Casper Media. All rights reserved.